0: Welcome to Rotary District 5500 podcast number two. I'm Diane Ventura Goodyear, the Rotary District 5500 district governor for year 2021. And I have the pleasure of interviewing today, Don Jorgensen, who actually is very involved with ShelterBox. Don Jorgensen is an owner of an Arizona-based human factor consultant, As a worldwide speaker and consultant in the areas of change leadership, performance improvement, and behavioral health, Don helps bring out the best in leaders and organizations. He is an excellent Rotarian. Don is known for his humor and straightforward style, and he has been interviewed in the United States, Canada, Ireland, and China on alcohol and drug issues and crisis response. Don has authored numerous articles and books covering such topics as children of alcoholics and the impact of change. His EAP Buyer's Guide has been adopted for use worldwide. Dr. Jorgensen is a past president of the International Employee Assistant Professional Association, Greater Tucson Leadership, and Rotary Club of Marana. He is a Paul Harris Society member and currently serves as an ambassador for ShelterBox USA. Just so you know, Don and his wife Kathy live in Tucson for over 40 years and he has worked as a humanitarian on projects around the globe, including South Africa, Zimbabwe and Brazil. Don is a cancer survivor, a runner and currently holds a third degree black belt. So watch out folks. Anyway, Don, welcome.
1: Thank you, Governor Diane. It's a pleasure to be with you. Everybody always says, watch out, folks. Really, it's, it's okay.
0: <laughs> well, you know, there are so many questions that people have about Shelterbox, so I'm just going to start from the very beginning. And I'm going to ask you, can you tell me what Shelterbox is? Is Shelterbox a volunteer organization, a nonprofit? What is it?
1: Shelterbox is is a nonprofit organization and one of the most effective global disaster relief organizations on the planet. Uh, it has a very small staff. Uh, it's based out of Cornwall, England. That's where it was created. A very small staff that that tracks what's happening around the world uh, with regard to natural disasters and disasters resulting from human conflict. Uh, along with that staff we have the direct services provided by volunteers uh, we have volunteers that until the coronavirus and we'll talk about that that would travel the planet going to the countries and the locations where the, the need was uh, our response team volunteers then you have another uh, layer like me of ambassadors that are delighted to speak in our regions about shelter box to raise awareness and And as always, to raise money since it is a nonprofit organization.
0: That's really interesting, Don. Um, Obviously, I have concern. I like to know how active is District fifty five hundred and their clubs dealing with ShelterBox.
1: Well, the the fundraising for uh, ShelterBox. Let me describe it generally, and then we'll get down to our district. About fifty eight percent of the fundraising. For shelter box it comes from individual donations, actually. Other 24% from foundations and just 13% from rotary clubs and districts around the world. So we hope to increase that. District 5500 has had a number of, of clubs that have always been active and wonderful supporters, uh, and we hope to see that increase. In the last year, 2019 2020, we had nine clubs uh, provide support, financial support for uh, shelter box. And uh, I have actually three more have already committed to 2020, the Tucson club, uh, Kino club and Marana club. Uh, Out of those nine clubs in the last year, we actually had six uh, hero clubs and that's what we uh, designate clubs for when they donate 1000 or more. Uh, So we're really delighted starting with the Rotary club of Tucson, which is actually a gold level hero club. They've donated and committed to 5,000 over three years each Uh, Saddlebrook, uh, Valley Verde, Green Valley, and Miranda Dub Mountain Club have also reached a Hero Club status last year. So I'm hoping uh, that clubs will recognize the value and continue to to grow those numbers in this coming year.
0: Oh, that's pretty amazing. That's impressive. Although we would like to have more clubs, um, so let's just let's just ask you this question: If I'm a club in my district, 5500, how would I request us? Shelter Box presentation?
1: Uh, two or three ways. Uh, the first way is to call me, and you can call me directly, 520-906-9148. That's my cell phone, and the club can call me anytime. be happy to set that up. Or send me an email, uh, Don Jorgensen, at, and that's S-E-N, uh, Don Jorgensen at comcast.net. The third way is to go to the District 5500 website and on the list of speakers, uh, I think by the end of this week, you'll see me listed there for Shelterbox, too. And I'd be happy to speak to the clubs. And as you can imagine, I'm sure as you have, I have been on Zoom regularly and it's a, a great opportunity to get before clubs and do so safely. I've already done a few and I'd be happy to do more anytime.
0: Oh. That's good to know that you're on the, the website. And for those of you who don't know, it's rotaryd5500.org. That's good information, Don. Um, where is ShelterBox currently responding to disasters? Is it all over the world? Are there specific locations? How does that work?
1: As I said, we track uh, what's happening in terms of global disasters, natural or man-made. And right now, we are... Uh, providing services or materials, primarily, in 10 different countries around the world. Uh, I'll I just give you a quick run-through, and then I'll talk about one in particular, you'll find it interesting. But we're in the Philippines uh, for natural disasters, Vanuatu, uh, India, after and all those are after cyclones. Uh, Tanzania had severe flooding, Somaliland had drought, and then we're in other countries due to conflict, everything from Burkina Faso to Syria, Ethiopia, Cameroon. Uh, so ten countries total. Uh, the inter- one of the interesting ones is Vanuatu, which is an island in the South Pacific uh, that I had to look up on the map. They get hit by Cyclone Harold just two months ago, and at the time, and still today, they are COVID-free. There is no virus on the island, and so they did not want anyone coming to the island, even our response team volunteers to help deal with the disaster. And one of the things ShelterBox does is adapt very quickly to the needs around the world. And we identified a local nonprofit uh, aid organization, I think called Vanuatu Cares, and working with them very closely, we arranged for distribution of shelter kits, of tarps, of ropes, and household items, and got those to the families in need. And, and again, as you know, what uh, sets shelter box apart is the fact that we deliver our aid directly to families, not middlemen. So it was very. Uh, much of a challenge and an issue of trust to work with this organization who came through with flying colors to get the aid to families in need, even without setting foot on the island.
0: It's hmm. really interesting. They hmm. so have none on the island.
1: Right, isn't it?
0: I mean, given these restrictions right now and the major border issues worldwide, how can ShelterBox respond to natural or man-made disasters? Is, is it very difficult right now?
1: It's a challenge, but uh, again, that's what kind of ShelterBox was designed for, was to address challenges around the world, although no one, I think, predicted a global pandemic in their last strategic plan. But the challenge that we face, as I just described, is either not not being able to enter a country because of the border restrictions. And so we rely on one of our greatest partners, and that's Rotary. We contact the Rotary district in that region or closest to that region, and work with them to help assess the need uh, to make the decisions about what type of aid is necessary, whether it's full shelter boxes with the tents and everything, or just certain aid like, as I mentioned, the tarps, uh, perhaps rebuilding kits, household items, and something else I'll mention in a second. Once we make that determination, then we arrange for the transport, uh, working with different governments or different private organizations to get the materials there, and again, either coordinating with the local Rotary District and their volunteers or a volunteer or nonprofit organization that's already in place in that country. And we continue with ongoing communication and contact to make sure that the distribution is done according to Shelter Box guidelines and that the follow-up and, and care takes place too. And as a result, we are able to continue to deliver aid to all of these 10 countries that I just mentioned.
0: Hmm. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Um, Let's say perhaps if someone wanted to know more about Shelterbox, where would they find out this information? Uh,
1: On the website, you can go to shelterboxusa.org, and that will tell you everything in pictures, videos, information that you can download and such. Uh, That's the quickest way to get it, shelterboxusa.org.
0: That's good to know. Um, what service or product changes or additions have been made to address the impact of the current pandemic?
1: As you can imagine, you know, when folks lose their home after disaster or conflict, uh, their ability to stay safe and healthy is already compromised. You know, they it's difficult to self isolate. There's lack of clean water for hand washing, lack of hygiene items. There's crowded conditions, and so we've adapted our response to meet those needs. So in different countries, we have added uh, soap and wash basins to our shelter kits. Uh, We've added uh, hygiene kits, particularly for women that have need of that. Uh, We've provided hand-washing stations, both at the point of distribution and for the kind of communities. And you've seen some of these tent communities that have sprung up because there's no other shelter. Uh, so, we provided hand washing stations as well and educational material so that the leaders there, the volunteers, can educate folks about the kind of precautions that we now have come to know well with regard to hand washing and masks and hygiene and, and all of that. So, we have provided those materials as part of our shelter kits to address the coronavirus. And in some cases, I've also provided additional tents. We've got the smaller Oase tents, the lightweight ones, that provide for self-isolation or quarantines in areas where that's not available in any other way.
0: Hmm. Well, that's a lot of changes. I think that's really great that you're able to do this. And I guess the last question I would like to ask you, Don, is there anything else you would like the people that are listening right now to know about shelter box?
1: You know, we have such tremendous volunteers and people that that get out there and make such an impact on all these communities uh, that I want to finish with a quick story about that. But before I get to that, I just do want to mention to folks, ShelterBox is recognized as a a, really a global leader in this. Uh, The past two years each, ShelterBox was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, We're also a partner with the U.N., as well as in terms of fundraising, rated four stars by charity navigators. So we're at that level of uh, quality. But we never know what kind of impact we'll have when we're out there in the world. And uh, two years ago in Kenya, we had a team there having a really tough time getting the, the equipment delivered to the, uh, the small communities that needed it. And they finally realized it's because the leader of our response team was a woman. And this was a Muslim cu- culture that, the, where the leadership, the government, didn't recognize women in power. And the, the driver even refused to drive with a female team leader in the front seat. So the team uh, decided rather than put up with the runaround and, and not getting supplies through, they would essentially pretend that one of the men was in charge. And so he sat in the front seat and led them the discussions and everything opened up. When the time came for distribution, the people in the village could see that the woman on the team was in charge. And at the end, uh, I looked at a picture of this young girl, maybe nine, 10 years old, turning around to look at the team. And our our volunteer member asked the father, um, I noticed she's staring at our team. What is she staring at? And he said, she has never seen a woman in power before today. And now she knows that it's possible for her too. So sometimes we do more than just provide shelter. And it's just one of the thousand reasons I'm proud to be a ShelterBox volunteer.
0: And Don, how long have you been representing ShelterBox?
1: Uh, About four years. After I I sold my my company, I just do consulting now, but I had free time and I love Rotary and and love the the opportunity to be of service. And I actually saw our our previous ambassadors at one of our District 5500 conferences doing a presentation. I asked them how I could get involved, and uh, they gladly showed me how, and here I am, and happy to be here.
0: Well, that's wonderful. I think our district is very proud to have you representing ShelterBox, and I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your life to do this for us, and I hope that when our Rotary Clubs listen to this, that they will definitely get in contact with you, because you have something to say to our Rotary Clubs. And so Don, with that, I thank you so much. And again, this is Diane Ventura Goodyear at District 5500, District Governor. I thank you so much for listening. Bye now.